Welcome to the Simply Wall Street Market Insights. My name is Michael, and this week we're looking into why the earnings recession seems to have taken a breather. But first, here's our quote of the week. Time in the market beats timing the market. Ken Fisher. Now, let's dive in. While investors are trying to decide whether the rest of the market is going to catch up with big tech or vice versa, we are having a look at the big themes from earnings season. Expectations were very low at the beginning of the second quarter, so let's see how it turned out. The first quarter of 2023 was better than feared and it's holding steady. All but two of the S&P 500's constituent companies have now reported results for the first quarter of 2023. Quarterly results were mixed in absolute terms, but generally a lot better than expected. According to data from Refinitiv, 76% of companies beat earning estimates compared to the long-term average of 66%. Earnings were down between 0.1 and 2%, depending on the averaging method you use, from the first quarter last year. Either way, it's well above the greater than 6% decline that analysts expected at the beginning of earnings season. Revenues rose 3.6% from a year ago, compared to the forecast of only 1.6%. So, better than expected profits were due to both sales and margins being better than forecasted. So, what's the takeaway? Well, corporate profits are still under pressure, but analysts overreacted during the previous quarter when they slashed their forecasts. This may have been a result of companies trying to manage expectations with lower guidance, and analysts then trying to get ahead of the curve with even lower estimates. In their defense, the outlook wasn't clear at all. Next up, sector performances varied widely. Earnings growth was just about flat for the overall market, but sector-level performance did vary widely. The top three sectors were, firstly, consumer discretionary, with earnings per share up 56% year-on-year, with notable performances from hospitality and broadline retail, mainly Amazon. Secondly, industrials' earnings per share were up 27%, with machinery, trade distributors, and aerospace and defense all showing strong growth. And thirdly, energy, with earnings per share up 20%, managing to hold onto margins despite a 5% decline in revenue. And the three sectors with the biggest year-on-year decline in earnings were firstly, materials, with earnings per share down 22.2% because of falling sales and margins as commodity prices fell. Secondly, utilities with earnings per share down 21.8% because they struggled to maintain the high base set during the first quarter last year. And thirdly, healthcare with earnings per share down 14.8% since it's also struggling after the profit growth during and after the pandemic. The changes to earnings per share growth estimates for the full year were largely in line with results above, as well as the number of earnings beats in each sector. Investors have actually done quite a good job anticipating these changes. Next up, global earnings were better than expected. Around the world, company profits were also better than anticipated. In Europe, banks proved to be resilient despite the collapse of Credit Suisse and the spillover from the US banking crisis. Profit margins have also held up better in Europe than almost anywhere else. Japan has also been notable with strong earnings growth and guidance from automakers and steel and shipping companies, at least partly due to the reopening of China's economy. The Nikkei 225 index is now at a three-decade high. Below are some of the earnings growth forecasts for the Miski Country indexes, ranked by forecasts for the full year of 2024 earnings growth. You can see the full table on Ed Yardini's website, which is a treasure trove of corporate and economic data. First, the top five countries based on 2024 earnings growth. If you'd like to see the full table, please check out our article, which we'll link in the description. 
One, Korea, 70%. Two, Sri Lanka, 51%. Three, Taiwan, 21%. Four, Egypt, 17%. And five, India, 15%. Now, the likes of South Korea are suffering from a decline in global demand, notably in exports and lower demand from China, but they are expected to see earnings growth recover significantly in 2024 as these areas potentially rebound. Additionally, private consumption and investment in the region are expected to follow similar trajectories of a decline in the short term, but then a recovery in 2024, at least that's according to the OECD. So, Korea's rosy forecasts aren't quite telling us they have a competitive advantage to the rest of the world's economies, and rather that their semiconductor exports are finally returning to normality after several years of supply-driven pressures. Next, the five countries with the lowest earnings growth estimates for 2024, from highest to lowest. The bottom five countries are 1. Australia, 0.9% earnings growth. 2. Colombia, negative 0.1%. 3. Chile, negative 1.9%. 4. Poland, negative 6%. And 5. Austria, negative 7%. As for Austria being at the bottom of the list for 2024 earnings growth, its market is heavily weighted towards financials, in energy, and utilities, which makes sense as to why they did so well in 2022 aren't expected to do well in terms of profit growth over the next 18 months. The other key regions and countries include emerging markets, Asia, 22%, emerging markets, 18%, China, 13.9%, United States, 11%, world, 11%, world excluding the US, 10%, Europe, 7%, emerging markets, Latin America, 4%, and Canada, 10% earnings growth. So what's the insight here? Well, it looks like the outperformers of 2022 may become the underperformers of 2024. It seems that the economies that are forecast to undergo the strongest earnings growth are the ones that suffered more notably in 2022 and throughout 2023 so far. These are generally emerging markets characterized by high levels of exports. Tech seems to be the theme for 2024, as the countries slated to perform better generally revolve their markets around the manufacturing of computer chips and hardware, or in the case of the US, computer software. On the other hand, the economies that fared better throughout the last few years are expected to hit a bit of a rut in 2024. When you take a look at the dominant sectors within these economies, a common pattern begins to form. Heavy weightings in energy, financials, and utilities hurt 2024 earnings growth forecasts quite significantly. These are likely to change, but it's still good to know what the expectations are for the next 18 months. So, where to now? Analysts typically overestimate earnings at the top of a cycle, and then they underestimate them at the bottom. It's possible that that's what's happened here, but it could also be a case of companies over-managing expectations. Most strategists expect a gradual improvement from here, with earnings in the US ending the year up 1.2%, while Morgan Stanley still expect a much bigger earnings recession later this year, with earnings ending 16% lower. The two other takeaways that emerged this earnings season were the fact that corporate balance sheets are strong and consumers are still in a fairly good position. Consumers will be the key determinant for the rest of the year for earnings growth and a possible recession. If consumers stop spending, it's hard to see how earnings for companies can recover. What else is happening in the markets? First, a recap of the key data releases we mentioned last week. Germany's export rose more than expected in May, resulting in an 18.4 billion euro trade surplus compared to the 15.4 billion euro expected. China's trade surplus for May fell to a 12-month low of 65 billion from the 90 billion 
due to an unexpected 7.5% drop in exports. This is the latest data that suggests China's recovery is losing steam quickly. Canada's trade balance for April was $1.94 billion Canadian dollars, compared to the $0.9 billion economists expected. The increase was driven by better-than-expected exports of gold, oil, and vehicles. In the United States, trade deficits widened to $7.4 billion, the biggest one-month increase in almost eight years after the energy exports declined while imports surged. The higher imports suggested the economy may be stronger than the recent GDP numbers actually suggested. As for Australia, its central bank unexpectedly raised interest rates by 0.25% to reach 4.1%. The bank said that inflation was still too high and warned that, quote, further tightening of monetary policy could be needed to ensure inflation returns to the target range in a reasonable time frame. And then a few news items that we thought were also worth noting. One, Saudi Arabia will be making voluntary cuts to its oil production from July, reducing daily output by 10%. The remaining OPEC Plus members will be sticking to the production levels agreed upon in April. Despite those cuts, oil has been trading well below the price prior to the agreement. The knee-jerk reaction was a 4% spike in the oil price, but since the announcement, that retraced quickly. There are actually a few things weighing on the oil price. A potential recession could lead to lower demand, China's recovery is slowing, inventories are rising, and the US production is rising. Until that changes, OPEC Plus might have to just accept the current lower price. 2. Apple's much-anticipated AR headset, the Apple Vision Pro, will be available early next year. The headset gives consumers yet another way to interact with Apple's growing list of services through spatial computing. At $3,500, the company would have to sell over 100,000 units of these products in order to bring in 1% of the current revenue. So, it's not expected to move the needle for quite a while. At this stage, the target market is probably developers who Apple hopes will create games and apps that make it appealing to everyone else to enjoy the new world of spatial computing. It's hard to estimate the size of the augmented reality or metaverse opportunity right now, but if or when it takes off, Apple will be in a prime position to benefit. Number three, Amazon reportedly wants to start offering its prime members low-cost or free mobile phone service. It is, after all, called the Everything Store, so we shouldn't really be surprised by this. The company and some mobile operators have already denied the report, but Amazon is probably in a position to make it happen with all of its buying power. The problem would be that Amazon wouldn't have complete control over the service it offers customers, and the company prides itself on its service. Amazon is clearly looking for new growth engines as AWS begins to quote-unquote mature, but it remains to be seen if a phone plan is that growth engine. Finally, what are the key events during next week? It's a big week of data for the US with CPI data out on Tuesday and PPI and the Fed's rate decision on Wednesday. The FOMC is expected to keep the federal funds rate at 5.25%, which will be the first pause since rates began rising early last year. The Fed funds rate are pricing in a 33% chance of a 0.25% rate hike. In the UK, the unemployment rate will be published on Tuesday and GDP will be published on Wednesday. The ECB is also meeting with its rate decision due on Thursday. A 0.25% hike to 3.5% is anticipated. The euro area inflation data is being published on Friday. Bringing earnings season to a close, apart from quite a few over-the-counter stocks, are just the following big companies reporting this week. Oracle, Kroger, and Adobe. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, invest well.
Simply Wall Street analyst Richard Bowman and Simply Wall Street have no position in any of the companies mentioned. This article is general in nature. We provide analysis based on historical data and analyst forecasts only, using an unbiased methodology, and our articles are not intended to be financial advice. It does not constitute a recommendation to buy or sell any stock and does not take into account your objectives or your financial situation. We aim to bring you long-term focused analysis driven by fundamental data. Note that our analysis may not factor in the latest price-sensitive company announcements or qualitative material.